What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Stono Creek Apothecary. If you're into your health, and especially if you're into your fitness, you've been hearing a lot about CBD. From inflammation and pain relief to improved sleep, lower anxiety, and faster recovery times, CBD, toted as the biggest wellness breakthrough of the last several years, and increasingly so. Nowadays, you can find CBD in literally everything, from gummies to lattes. You can buy it at the doctor's office, the local grocery, and even the corner gas station. But all this hype can leave people scratching their heads. Is CBD for real? And which brand can I trust? At Stono Creek, you can be sure that all the CBD products are made to the highest standards from seed to shelf. This means everything is manufactured in their FDA-registered laboratory located near the Stono River on Johns Island, South Carolina. That's right, it's a real place, and it's not your neighbor's kitchen. All the CBD is CO2 extracted from hemp grown in the USA on sustainable, pesticide-free farms. Each finished batch is third-party tested for potency, purity, and stability. And all the products are fully labeled and disclose every ingredient that goes into them. If you haven't tried Stono Creek yet, you can get 20% off your first order when you use code UPBEFOREYOU on their website, scapothecary.com. That's S-C-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y.com, code UPBEFOREYOU. And don't forget to sign up for their newsletter so you can be the first to learn about the launch of their new topicals line, including recovery baths, body oils, solves, and more. Set to launch this winter, so go check that out. Now, guys, if you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating and a review. It only takes a second and is a great way to support the show, and the feedback means a lot to me. If you like this episode of the podcast, please share with family and friends and post on social media and make sure to tag up before you. And lastly, go follow Up Before You on Instagram and Facebook, and go check out upbeforeyou.com to keep up to date with all the latest episodes, news, and updates surrounding the show. All right, my guest today is the third fittest woman on earth, Jamie Green. On this episode of the podcast, we talk about her performance at the 2019 Games, her rugby career, what went into her decision to go to the Games on a team after winning the Open worldwide in 2016 the popularity of CrossFit in Abu Dhabi and how it is growing in that region of the world, how she plans on winning the games in 2020, and much, much more. I truly hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And with all that being said, let's get on with episode 87 of this show. to get started by asking a little bit about the 2019 games awesome yeah no, it sounds cool yeah so you were really consistent throughout the weekend can you kind of just take me through like what, what you thought your best workout was and what you thought your worst workout was i think my best one was the first one and my worst one was the second one so it went really well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but i think it i think it was a bit like um i started off sort of you know, just doing what I had to do. I knew the first workout was good for me, so I sort of attacked that one. And the second one, I knew I just needed to be in the top 50, so it was, like, played a bit safer. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty much like that all weekend. You only thought of the one workout that was ahead because you might not be doing the one after. So 
So yeah, I think the consistency came from just trying to keep in there, um, not overthinking it, and then once it was like top ten, that's when when you could push it a bit more. So what was it like this year with the cut system? It was fun. Like uh, it was obviously um, a bit more stressful, and there was a bit more more to think about. But then again, at the same time, there was less to think about because you only could focus on that one workout. Um, everyone seems. Like, it was the same sort of atmosphere with the athletes. Like, it's always pretty intense. Um, but, yeah, I, I like that. It was pretty fun. Yeah. So, last year, 2018, you were 11th. And this year, you got third. Yeah. You got onto the podium. So, what changed in your preparation this year? Uh, this year, we managed to move to London for three months and literally just focus on training. And I think that made a big difference for me. Because over here in Abu Dhabi, we're normally, like, training, working... Um, coaching quite a few hours and it just sort of takes up a lot of energy whereas when we were in London we got that time just to train, go home, sleep train, go home, sleep so uh, that helped a lot also I think just experience after a couple of years seeing what worked for me and then maybe 2018 the things that didn't work so much I could build on that and that helped a lot Mm -hmm. Alright so now I want to change gears a little bit can you tell me about yourself growing up? There's not much, not that much to do there, so I pretty much just played sport my whole life <laughs> to keep out of trouble. Um, but yeah, I did gymnastics as a, as a young girl, and then I played rugby from when I was about 8 to when I was about 22, and then tried every sport in between that, mostly. Okay, so you're from New Zealand. Is it pretty normal for guys and girls both to play rugby? Uh, I think more normal than other countries. Like, not all girls play. Um, but it is, it is very common. Uh, I went to an all-girls school, and we had one of the top uh, rugby teams in the, in the area. And, um, yeah, there was plenty of girls playing, and they've got a pretty strong like, uh, uh, national side. So I think it's more common than everywhere else, but not as many as the boys. Yeah, New Zealand's really good at rugby, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I back them. Yeah, <laughs> the United States is pretty bad. Yeah, this seventh team, though, I think, is getting pretty good. Oh, yeah? Because you guys put all your people, you put everyone into uh, the NFL. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so maybe if you took some out of there, you might beat us. <laughs> all right, so then, <laughs> so then you said you played a bunch of sports. How did you stumble upon CrossFit? Um, well, I was at university, still playing rugby, but um, I was getting a bit lazy, maybe maybe drinking a bit much, not doing much. So my mum actually bought me a six-week pass and was like, Jamie, you need to sort yourself out. And then from there, I really enjoyed it. Put me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> so, then, <laughs> so from there, when did you kind of have that moment of, I really like this, I want to get competitive? Um, well, I, after a few months, I signed up for like a competition that was going on in Auckland, in New Zealand. But then literally like two weeks later, I snapped my Achilles at CrossFit. So then that put that off like another eight months. And then I somehow got through through the Open that year, uh, the year after. And um, yeah, after qualifying for regionals in the Open, I was like, maybe I'll give this a bit more of a go. And regionals was very hard, but it was fun. Nice. So then, so then um, 2016, you won the Open, and then you, but you decided to go team. What went into that decision? Well, I'd always decide, like, so we actually went team 2016. 
2015 and then got disqualified because of like um, a Tammy wasn't, one of our members wasn't there at the right time. So that was like for a starter, we were already going to go to team 2016 for a bit about that. Um, but yeah, I always had in my mind I was going to go team. Even like, it was like the fourth week and I was still sitting in first in the open. I was never like, oh my God, I really, really want to go individual. I knew it's like a completely different ball game actually competing at regionals and the games and stuff on your own. So I was like, I'm not ready for that. I always, I want to stay team. And I don't want to let the team down either. It was, it was never really question, like never really questionable. So then when did you decide you wanted to go individual and why did you decide that? Yeah, after that. So, like, it's pretty hard keeping six people motivated and together and training together year after year. So we were like, we'll do the one year and ended up coming third, which we were happy with. Um, and then after that, everyone sort of went their separate ways. So I think me and Elliot were the only two that carried on and did an individual, and everyone else just carried on with life. <laughs> so then having that experience of being at the games on a team, did that help you when you went individual? Yeah, definitely. So I, I kind of could see what to expect. Like even on team, I found some of the volume quite difficult or like the, the atmosphere of the game is a bit more intense. But then you see what the individuals are doing, you're like, shoot, I need to prepare myself for that. So I had that the whole year leading into my first game, which I think helped a lot. Okay, so then when did you, when did you move out of New Zealand? Uh, 2014. In, like, May. I just came and lived in the States for a few months on a summer camp. So why did you decide to leave New Zealand? Um, I think it's just why most Kiwis leave. It's, it's an awesome place, but you're very far away from everything. So any, like, opportunity to travel, um, you take pretty much. Because if you, if you try to leave New Zealand, you know, like, small trips, it becomes very expensive and takes a lot of time. So I think a lot of people go abroad, live a few years, um, away from home and then it's easy to travel meet new people and just I guess see the rest of the world so how do you decide to end up in Abu Dhabi I actually got a personal training job here and in 2014 so I came here and did um, home personal training and I started a couple months there and I was just training at yes and then they needed a coach so it sort of all just fell into place I became the first female coach and then from here from there I stayed over there in that area of the world, what is what is CrossFit? Is CrossFit popular? Yeah. So when I first moved here, the gym had just opened, so it was a lot um, quieter and it was mostly expats. But then within the first year, um, the locals, so like all the local Emiratis, started to catch on to CrossFit and see see sort of you know the community and how everyone like the fitness, like the community behind CrossFit. So after about a year. The gym was probably 70% uh, 70% locals, so that built up a lot. And it was really cool to see because people here, some of them have never done, like, sport or exercise their whole life. Like, they might turn up at the gym 40 years old, never done anything, but then they join CrossFit, and then all of a sudden they, they love it and they promote health and fitness like, like there's no tomorrow. It's awesome. So over there, besides CrossFit, what other forms of fitness are popular? Um, so you've got like your general gym, so just like Gobo gyms, they, they start off with that, but obviously, you know, people get a bit bored and um, some of the locals are sort of like, what what's the fad at the moment? So there might, there's a few F45 sort of gyms, the idea behind that. Um, there's like, you know, your karate, jiu-jitsu, 
um, boxing, but I think CrossFit is taking off quite a bit. Maybe not like your full um, full barbell, you know, lifting and all that CrossFit, but your metabolic conditioning classes, just the really basic stuff that can keep people coming back and keep them getting fitter. Do you think that the new format of the games with the sanctional events is going to help it grow? Yeah, definitely. Because I now, now we even have, um, well, we have members that are going to do some of the qualifiers as such. So they might not qualify for the event, but they see that they can do some of the workouts. So they'll do the qualifiers, they'll get more involved, and then they will follow that event that they might have qualified in. So I think they, yeah, the events sort of make it more more like in touch with your regular gym goer. Kind of changing gears again, how how do you think your background in rugby and gymnastics has helped you in CrossFit? I think just, well, some of the, well obviously the skills in gymnastics help a lot. If you learn that at a young age, it will stick with you for a while. Um, with rugby and that, I think it's just like the idea of like adapting. Any team sports or um, sports that you sort of have to think in the moment, I think, I think helps a lot at the CrossFit Games. Maybe not in CrossFit in general, but when things come up like the sprint event or events where you've sort of got to adapt quickly and you've never done before, that that helped with, um, my background helped with that. I could definitely see it from a mental toughness standpoint because it's not a pretty, pretty rough sport. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's what turned me away after a while. I got, I got too soft. <laughs> <laughs> What does a day in the life look like for you? It changes a lot. <laughs> no, well, today I was um, up early coaching, so I run the, uh, me and um, Sabine, one of the other girls at the gym, run a booty camp for the ladies only um, part of the gym. So at five thirty in the morning, we get up and run that, and then train, and then have breakfast, maybe have a nap, do some work, train again, coach, and then yeah, go to bed. So it's pretty much just coaching, training, eating in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do outside of coaching and training for fun? Uh, I go to the beach a lot. So I like swimming and we have, we the gym's actually in the marina. So sometimes there's a couple of members who have boats and they'll take you out wakeboarding or like in the, what do you call it, in a biscuit or whatever. So that stuff's fun. Um, but at the moment, it's quite hot here. So we just, we just chill inside. <laughs> Is it always hot there? always warm but in winter it's like perfect like 20 30 degrees just at the moment it's like 45 yeah so it's a bit miserable and Celsius yeah do you ever go to that one uh tower that's like the biggest in the world oh the best <laughs> yes yeah that's in Dubai so that's um I've been up like when we have visitors over so like when my family have come over we've been up there a couple of times it's pretty cool yeah it looks really it looks really cool that whole area looks really nice yeah, Dubai is very extravagant. It's cool, though. Good will, to visit. Will you compete there again this year? I really want to. So, obviously, I'll uh, sign up through the Open with it to qualify for it, um, to hopefully qualify, and, yeah, it's such a good competition. So, after you got done with rugby and you kind of you said you got a little lazy or whatever, what was the, <laughs> like, what was the biggest draw to CrossFit and kind of what keeps you coming back for more? Running in a workout was kind of like she should beat me, but I'll try beat her 
through something else. So I think that competitive part of CrossFit really drew me in. And then just like the health behind it, really, I sort of, I was getting lazy and eating not so well and maybe drinking too much. So I think just being, like having something to aim for and know you've got to get up and train the next day, you eat well, you sleep well, and then you start feeling better. So I think just life in general helped me keep pushing through with that. Do you think you'll always do it in some capacity, even when you retire from competing? Yes, definitely. Because I, I think I kind of trained like that anyway, as a, like as a kid or growing up. If I went to the gym, I would sort of do that sort of stuff anyway. So I think it'll be it'll be me forever. <laughs> do you think it'll be a weird transition for you when you're not competing anymore? Um, I think so. I always thought like I would easily trend like transit out of it. But I think now, since it's such a big, big part of my life, and like we spend so much time in the gym, it will take a bit of getting used to. I don't know if I could do it here. I would easily be able to trans, you know, get out of it in New Zealand. There's a lot to do there. How long do you see yourself competing as an individual? I'm not sure. I normally only look like a year in advance, but I think two, three, four, four more years, maybe. We'll see what we'll see what the time brings. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a competitor all your life. What do you want to do when you're no longer competing anymore? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe raise kids and make them compete against each other. <laughs> <laughs> do you... Something along those lines. I think maybe one day I'll go back to New Zealand and compete in all the, the sort of like coast to coast and um, triathlons and things they run there. Would you, ever, would you ever move to the States? I'd love to maybe do a couple of years there, but it's not so straightforward, is it? No, it's not, I guess. No, not for someone like us. <laughs> With, do, you ha- do you ever have a problem getting here? Uh, no, no. It's easy coming in, and I think we get like six months or something, but I, it, I think it's different if you're wanting to live there. Okay. But yeah, I'd love to live somewhere like California or San Diego along those ways, because beaches, uh-huh. life. <laughs> <laughs> Looking ahead to this 2020 season now, what's your plan in getting to the games again? Well, we've got the Open in a month, so obviously I'm trying to train for that at the moment. Um, then from there, compete at DFC, and then I'll take a bit of time off in January because we're, we're actually going back to New Zealand, me and Elliot are getting married. So we'll take January a bit slower, and then from there... We'll see if um, we've qualified or not and then take on a, a few other competitions. So with this new format, has this just completely changed the game in, in terms of preparing and getting to the games and you know making sure you're peaking at the right time and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. So like like all the other years when you've had uh, regionals and that, you sort of you knew the structure and it was the same every year, which was good. But now, for example, like now that we're getting married in January, it's so good that we can take sort of January off, whereas we never could have done that because the Open was in February. So um, I think just being able to like adapt your, like, the year how you want makes a big difference, and then that will make it a lot better for people who peak in different ways. So they'll obviously plan their competitions differently so they can peak correctly for the for the right events and then for the games in August, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So, yeah, with, there's, there's so many opportunities to compete now. Do you think that that's ever going to be a problem and you're going to see athletes breaking down more and getting hurt? I think we see that already. Like, there's a lot of people that do a lot of competitions and then they might 
get to the games and feel a bit like burnt out. But then that's the other way as well. If you don't compete enough when you get to competitions where there's like cups, you sort of don't don't know how to push yourself and where. So it is a fine line. So again, it's just finding what works for you. But um, I guess the next few years, that's what most athletes are testing. When you were at the games this past season, what was it like for the last like two days, I think, competing with just 10 people on the floor? So now going into the next games, 2020, what do you think you need to improve upon to win? Um, a lot. <laughs> a lot. So obviously, yeah, I know how the cuts work now. I think I just need to attack every workout a lot more and just sort of have confidence in like my abilities. So also building, for me, building a lot of strength as well in the next 10 months before the game. Um, and then, yeah, and then just have been more confident going for it. Who do you train with over there? Um, well, I have my own programming, so on my own in terms of that. But we have a lot of coaches at Yes, and so everyone's going to be training around the same time. So I normally train the same time as like Elliot. He's got a different uh, coach than me, though. Then we've got all, all our coaches here. Like There's a lot of girls like Lauren, Megan, all the boys, Anthony. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good athletes around. So you, you've always got motivation to um, get in and train. Yeah, do you think that like the atmosphere and the people that you're training with has a big impact on how you perform? Yeah, it does. It's sort of like we don't like compete against each other because we're all on different programs, but it's good knowing like, oh, they're getting in there doing their session. You know, it's just sort of like the way of life. So you would never really be like, oh, no, I'm not going to train today because it's, you know, 10 o'clock on a Friday, 10 p.m. on a Friday. If someone else is there doing it, you're like, well, I'm just going to get it done. So I think that does help, and it's just, just the way of life here. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool, especially to have a group like that to be able to train with. Like if you look at, yeah. like if you look at Mayhem, CrossFit Mayhem, you got Rich and Matt and Tia. It's just yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's the extreme of it all. Do you ever visit over there? I've never been. I would love to, maybe one day, but I've never been. So besides getting married in January and going to the games, what else does the future hold for you? So where can people find you and learn more about you? On like on my Instagram, yeah, yeah, on my Instagram at Jay Green was. Um, otherwise, no, I don't have much else. I'm not not the greatest with technology. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Jamie, thanks a lot for thanks a lot for making this happen. No, thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed episode eighty-seven of this show. We'll see you next time on the Up Before You podcast. Have a great day.